0: Hey, welcome to Celebrate Sounds, a podcast wholly focused on music and arts and promoting musicians and artisans on the north coast of New South Wales. This podcast is proudly sponsored by local businesses who love the arts and want to show their support for the arts in the area. Local Bilco are based in Bellingen and operate between Coffs Harbour and Nambucca. Company owner Jordan grew up in Bellow and is now settled in Yurunga with his wife Ellie and their two daughters. When you build with Local Build Co, you build with a team who pride themselves on their high standard of work and their dedication to achieving goals for their customers. All inquiries, hit up Geordie on 0431 430 822. Henry Gale Tiling operates from Bellingen and specialise in all renovation and building projects. Henry lives in Dogo with his wife, Megan, and their two children, and his tiling partner, Brenton, lives in Milestone with his partner, Lily. They provide a dedicated service to their clients from start to finish. Servicing the Bellingen Shire and surrounds, you can expect hands-on service from a highly experienced tiling team. Have a tiling job? Call Henry on 0401 287 778. This podcast is also supported by a host of live music venues across the North Coast, so do this week's gig guide. At the pub with no beer in Taylor's Arm on Sunday, May 16th from 12.30, they have their regular Sunday sessions with music from some great North Coast acts. See their website for details. At Red Sea in Coffs Harbour, they've got great views, great atmosphere and regular live music. And on Friday, the 14th of May from 7pm, they have an open mic night hosted by their house band, Pleasing George. On Saturday, the 15th of May from 12. 12 PM they've got Mal Eastwick and Andrew Hegartis, and at 7 pm Carl Ramrod. On Sunday the 16th of May at midday, Wild Turkeys, and at 3 pm Sonny James. At the Ocean View Hotel in Yurunga, they have the regular Sunday sessions with music from Raku this Sunday, the 16th of May, from 2pm on the back deck. At Source Salvage Studio in Bellingen, there's amazing food, local handcrafted and sustainably sourced art and great coffee. And also regular buskets and performers popping in at various times. See their Instagram and socials for details. At the Coast Hotel in Coffs Harbour, every Friday they host their Fiesta Fridays. It's a beer garden barbecue, cheap coronas, cheap margaritas, live Latin house DJ. And on Saturday, their Saturday sessions, uh, cocktail happy hour from 6 to 7pm and a live DJ from 8. At Bar K in Sortel, you can experience their incredible cuisine and good vibes and their regular Thursday night locals night, uh, also hosting live music. On the 13th from 6pm, Sriracha. At Surf Street Cafe in Emerald Beach, there's great views, great vibes, and amazing food. And on Saturday the 15th from 6pm, they have Mighty Ocean performing. At Element Bar in Coffs Harbour, you get an amazing, eclectic mix of food, beers, and cocktails, plus tunes all weekend. On Friday the 14th of May from 7pm they've got live music kicking off for the weekend. No one announced at this stage for that spot um, but see their website for details. On Saturday the 15th of May from 7pm they've got Benny Black performing. And then again on Sunday the 16th of May from 4.30pm they have Benny back performing again their Sunday session. A dark arts cafe and bar in Coffs Harbour, it's open every day from 6.30am for great coffee and awesome break your lunch. They're also open for dinner on Friday and Saturday nights with happy hour from 5 till 6.30pm and occasionally hosting some gigs and live comedy so keep a look out on their socials. Liberty Provodores in Yurunga have their pop-up market on the 29th of May, great food and coffee, little market vibe and Little King performing. At Tish Parker and Bellingen, they've got great tacos, great vibes, and music on the 16th of May from 5pm with Joe West. And at Scott's Hub in Scott's Head, they host their Saturday Sounds session from 6pm every Saturday. You get incredible food, and you'll also hear some amazing sounds with tunes on the 15th of May from SNES. It's a $10 cover charge which goes straight to the performer. And that is the gig guide for this week. Stick around for the podcast. This week in the studio I had Katie Crane from High Lonesome and Wild Time. We had a great chat. Enjoy the show. Hey, you're listening to Celebrate Sounds, a local... Music podcast highlighting the stories of musicians and artisans on the mid-north coast. Today in the studio, um, meeting for the first time, not in social media land, uh, Katie Crane. How you going?
1: Hey, I'm going good. How are you?
0: I'm very well, thank you. I've just had my second coffee. I'm pumped <laughs> up, ready to, um, to chat all things music with you.
1: Excellent. Um,
0: nice to meet you. Yeah, uh, we we worked out that we're like not too far away in town, so it's kind of nice and easy to get in here.
1: That's it. I'm just over the hill. Yeah,
0: yeah. So uh, it's really great to have you in, and we might just get straight into it. Um, tell us who you are. I I know you from um, Highlonesome, yeah, a little trio, a little bluegrass trio that you're in. But give yeah. us a little bit of a sense of who Katie Crane is. Like, what's your what's your musical upbringing? Like, yeah. what, you know, little moments like um, that. Just kind of. Picked your interest in music growing up.
1: Yeah, no worries. Well, um, I was born into it, really. My Yeah. yeah, My dad's a musician. He's a professional guitar player. Um, So I was brought up listening to, although I've done a lot of bluegrass around here, not so much bluegrass, more electric stuff. So I I started on electric guitar. Um, So when I was little, I was exposed to a lot of George Benson, Lee yes. Rittner, all yes. that kind of stuff. So good. Yeah. So when I picked up the guitar, I was, yeah, playing, not so much those guys, but um, I, I was drawn to Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Um, at the time, it was Gary Moore and Robin Ford and all that kind of stuff. Yeah.
0: That's super exciting. Where did you grow up?
1: Out, We moved around a bit, but yeah. for the most part, out the back of Dorigo. Yeah. So... Um yeah, this this region really. It's
0: such a beautiful area out there. I was driving out um to Armadale recently and it's kinda hard to Keep your eyes on the road, don't you reckon? Like you're driving yeah. on those rolling hills and just going, "Oh
1: my goodness, this That's is it. Fantastic! Yeah, it's so Slowing beautiful. Right down. <laughs> yeah, it's gorgeous, and it's a different kind of country than the valley here. Yeah, here, absolutely. it's really, it's really lush, and um, as you know, it's river country. Up there, it's like the wildlands. Yeah, yeah, it's proper wilderness. Oh, I
0: love it. It's it's fantastic. So, tell me a little bit about your dad. You said he was a professional guitarist. Yeah, like um, he played. I, I suppose that similar sort of um, bluesy kind of Rock, um, yeah, and what where did he sort of move around?
1: Yeah, so um, he's played with all sorts of people. Um, his country experience when I was younger, he was in John Williamson's band.
0: No way, yeah, that's Um, so cool. When
1: he was before he was solo, yeah, so there was um, Tommy Emmanuel was his guitar player, he had a a rockin' band, and then when Tommy left to do something else, dad stepped in. yeah, but he's like when I was a kid, he he played in like a rock and roll band called the Noise Boys, and yeah. they do like you know Acadaca covers yeah. and stuff like that. And um, his his greatest passion these days is really fusion, like jazz fusion. Yeah,
0: cool. So he still plays.
1: He does. He's um, he doesn't go out and gig as no. of the last twelve months or yeah. so because his his health isn't yeah, awesome. Sure. But yeah, he just that's all he does, and and we just we just play guitar all the can time.
0: Can can I ask how old he is?
1: Yeah, he's. The Big 7 Wow.
0: That's yeah. so cool. I love seeing like people who have played music all their life and just never lose the love for it, and they're still kind of powering on, really interested in playing, learning new things all the time. That's so, so cool. Yeah. And so for you, where did your sort of musical, um, I guess, performing, all that kind of stuff, where did that sort of spring into your life?
1: Yeah. Well, um, when I was a teenager... Uh, and I was up the back of Dorigo, which is this tiny little village, and we lived way out the back of that, yeah. so it was quite remote. <laughs> um, and so all I really had to do was play guitar. I had an old reel-to-reel that I'd work stuff out yeah. off the record, off the, off the tape, I should say. And then we moved to um, Armidale during the week so I could go to school. And I met Morgan Tucker who is, um, yeah, a really good friend. He's back in Dorigo. And we had a band that was called Harlequin. Yeah. And it was this kind of wild punk band that was so much fun and, you it's know. It's a bit of a rite of passage
0: punk music when you're, like, growing up that teenage angst, isn't it?
1: That's it. There was so much angst and, yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was great. <laughs> That's
0: awesome. And so what happened from there? You guys started performing a little bit?
1: Yeah, it yeah. was good. It was fun sort of learning that kind of expressive music um, because it – it was something that I could play with my peers. Yeah. you know, my peers weren't really into all the other stuff that I was. Sure. I was learning, like the more
0: technical sort of
1: technical stuff. stuff. Yeah. yeah, so that was really fun. Yeah,
0: and from there, kind of, just give us a bit of an overview of your your journey from there. So, like, sort of. Learning that kind of music growing up and, and being immersed in music from, from the very beginning. Yeah. And having that punk experience. Did you keep performing like and up, mm. up until high, high and Lonesome?
1: Yeah. I had a really big break actually yeah. from music and I didn't do gigs. I mean, I played played at home, but I was off doing a completely unrelated uni degree and and working and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, and then when I moved back to the Bellinger area, um, I had a couple of little kids and um, started playing solo, so that's yeah. when I started playing country blues, which is a style where you play an alternating uh, bass on the bottom two strings, yeah. boom chink, boom chink, yeah. boom chick boom chick Then you play melody and chords with your with the um top strings, and then you can sing over the top. Yeah. And if you've got a stomp box, um, it's really which is like a a bass drum kick you rhythm, at the yeah. same time, and really it's a one woman show. So I could get out there without um on my own on my own terms, um. And that's how I got back into it.
0: Yeah. Did yeah. you enjoy that?
1: I loved it at the time. Yeah. yeah it was good fun. And then, um, yeah, I just started meeting some musicians that I could play with. And it's just great, that interaction between musicians. So I don't do much solo now because yeah. playing with other people is just so much more fun.
0: Yeah, I definitely found that over the last year. Like, you know, you mentioned COVID and the gigs and obviously the, the pandemic. Um mm. I normally play with a drummer and I've just recently started playing with another bass player. And But for the, the last 12 months, I reckon 99% of the gigs that I did were all solo because yep. that's just what b- venues were putting on. And that's great. It's good yep. for, for, for being out there and playing and practising and whatnot. But I remember the first time we did a trio gig, which was only about two months ago, I was like, oh, my goodness, I've missed this, like yeah. the interaction, all that kind of stuff, that dynamic on stage. Yeah. Whereas like – you know, when it's just me, it's just me. Yeah. Um, unless I'm like, you know, I have a split personality, I can have a conversation <laughs> with myself. It just kind of doesn't have the same vibe. Yeah. Um. And you know, like the the guys that you're playing with now, uh, John Mulhouse and Scott Collins, yeah, such legends. great people. Um. And I've seen you guys play uh, a bunch of times, and it's always so so lovely because not only do you have like the the chatting and the the to and froing between songs, the three part harmonies are just yeah. absolutely delicious. Yeah. Um. And you guys have released some stuff um, in the last couple of years. Um, Yeah. What was the recording process and the songwriting process like with those guys? Did you all collaborate or?
1: Yeah. um, Well, the record we did um, uh, over a year ago now, Mm -hmm. the High Lonesome one. um, Is that the only record to date? It is. There's a yeah. couple of mid-north ones before that, yeah, okay. but this is our most recent one. Yeah. And it was really an old-timey type thing. Um, so there was bluegrass, old-time, but there was also some Cajun music on there as well. So it was a lot of fun, yeah. fun to record. We did it at Scott's house. He's yeah, a yeah. quite a good engineer. Yeah, noise lab. Yeah, noise yeah. Lab. yeah nice. give it a plug, right? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah, it was fun. There was a whole lot of hooting and hollering and foot stomping and yeah. it was great. And yeah.
0: what was the um, the songwriting process like for you guys? Like... Uh, that's something like f- for, for being on my own most of the time, like I do a lot of songwriting and so when I do collaborate, I often find hard to let go of the reins a little bit and, mm. and meet halfway in the middle. What, what was the dynamic like? Did you guys all just chuck in ideas and sort of assess them by merit or, or how did yep. that work?
1: On that particular album, there are a lot of um, t- tipping our hat to really old traditional tunes. Yep. Um, so there's a lot of that on there. Like just basically arrangements or derangements yeah. of tra- traditional fiddle tunes, yeah. um, but when we do have originals, the driving force behind that is really Scott's a really good writer. Yeah, he's got a a great pop sensibility when it comes to melody, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, we we add bits and you know guitar bits and so some so vocal the high lines, lines and
0: stuff. It was that uh, redone uh, old old time. Mostly. Yeah, cool. I didn't realise that. Yeah. That's awesome. I always love like when songs are reimagined. Um, and I imagine that process would have been fun for you guys as well.
1: It's really fun. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Do you guys do some originals when you're performing?
1: We do. Yeah. 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 There's always the Mid-North originals. Yeah. And we've just, um, Scott and I have just um, spent the COVID lockdown writing some stuff. Um, yes. Yeah, which is- I imagine he's going to
0: talk about that when he comes in.
1: I think so. He did yeah.
0: mention it. He said uh, it's a, it's a whole album. Yeah. yeah. We won't say too much about it. We'll let him do the teeth. but that's really exciting.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's good fun.
0: That's cool. So um, as far as, you know, I mean, I gen- generally ask this because, like, last year was such a tough year for musicians.
1: Mm.
0: Um and, and you mentioned before you went to uni. You've got another job. I assume mm. that music's not your full time income. Is that right?
1: It's not my full time income, but I definitely spend more time yeah
0: on it, and yeah. it's definitely
1: what I I really love. Yeah,
0: it's interesting, yeah. isn't it? It's always trying to find that balance between like doing something you really enjoy and then having those responsibilities,
1: kids paying and bills, and paying yeah, paying rent, yeah.
0: paying mortgages, all that kind of stuff.
1: That's the one.
0: How did um how did COVID affect you musically? I mean, obviously mm. there's there's the tr- there's the the byproduct of being able to write with Scott, probably having a bit more time. Yeah. But in, in terms of performing, did you get much performing done? Was it sort of just a mm. sort of complete nothing for 12 months?
1: We did a couple of things. Yeah. Um, we did a live streamed um, show at the Jetty Memorial Theatre. That's
0: right. So the there was cutout. The card, yeah, yeah. cardboard
1: cutout audience. Yeah, yeah so cool. people made these cardboard cutouts and, <laughs> you know, made them in the likeness of, say, the Queen or... SpongeBob SquarePants or Frida Kahlo, and that was yeah, that was really really weird, but it was really cool. Yeah, Um, we did um, a show at Number Five. Yeah, yeah. When
0: they started redoing um, live music,
1: yeah, Yeah. it was quite unusual though because that was as the Mid North, yeah. um, And we're used to people dancing, and that's kind of our thing. It's like a high energy thing. Um, so that was different, but it was fun. Do you go?
0: Do you know the um the band Then Jolene? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I did a gig with them, similar sort of thing, and um, I was doing the sit-down solo thing, and that was cool. But when they started playing, it was so funny. I won't say where because there was a lot of dancing when they shouldn't <laughs> have been. But it was it was so hard for people. You could just see them want, tapping their feet, and wanting to move. And then occasionally a lady or a guy will get up and just even dancing in a spot and quickly told to sit down. It's such an interesting dynamic watching that happen, isn't it? It is. How do you guys feel when you're playing mm. um, with playing with that energy, with that kind of intention of like, hey, let's get up and move? Yeah. How does it feel when that's not reciprocated? Not because of anyone yeah. doesn't want to, but just because they can't.
1: Yeah. Um... It's tough you just got to accept it and just focus on the interaction between the musicians. Yeah. Really? And and that can be a good thing as well. You know, it's really um it really just gives people a chance to see what it's like when three musicians are sitting down in the lounge room and working on stuff, yeah. you know, improvisation. Um that that's what the focus becomes. Yeah. And I quite enjoy watching that myself, so.
0: Yeah, true. So like yeah, I suppose that's a really good point like being able to not necessarily be involved in the moment in a physical way, but, but at least being able to observe what's happening on stage and kind of see the dynamics between the musicians. I've never yeah. really thought about it like that. I always find it just feels weird. You're kind of trying to get into it and you're allowed to move on and stage. And, you know, it's like... I, I just have this metaphor kind of picture in my mind of like you know a thrashing guitarist just like headbanging <laughs> and just a whole room of people sitting there kind of going like you know
1: stony faced, stony faced, arms crossed, and because yep. that's
0: kind of what it feels like. I think like you yep. like you said, you want people to get up. I mean, it's great to have those silver linings and just go. It is what it is. Let's just work it out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's always just an odd odd feeling when you're playing music that people should be dancing to and they're not, not able to do it, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a
0: little bit about yourself. Like, what, what are your yeah. interests? What what do you like doing on the weekends? Um, yeah. Where do you like going?
1: Yeah. To be honest, I, I'm really into music. I've got multiple music yeah. projects going on. Um I've got a couple of women that we're starting a brand new um trio. Yeah. We've done a few gigs so far and they've been they've gone off. So yeah, that's we've, cool. we've got a photo shoot for that tomorrow and yep. we're bringing out some um you know d- putting up a social media page and website and all that kind of stuff. It's a
0: full-on process starting a new um kind of act, isn't it? Like especially yeah. if you've got something kind of established like the Mid North or High Lonesome. Yeah. Starting from scratch and having to to rebuild it's always like so much to do. Um, tell us a little bit about that. What st- style of music, all that kind of stuff?
1: It's a, a wide variety. Yeah. So it's myself, it's um, Laura Target, who's yeah. a fiddle player, and her background is um, she has all sorts of stuff. She can play anything from Irish fiddle music yeah. to um, obscure, obscure European folk music. Yeah, right. um, and Arlene Fletcher on double bass, she's uh, a jazz player. So we play everything from contemporary bluegrass, which yeah. is what I really like to play on my guitar. So it's like bluegrass, but with more than three chords, and yeah, <laughs> it's kind oh, of fun. That's a great description. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you know we'll do some like Ella Fitzgerald stuff, yeah, and cool. um, we'll do um, like for example, we just we play a Cajun tune and we morph it into a um, a like a what's it called a Hungarian tune, yeah, and then back okay. into a back into a Cajun. That's
0: cool. Yeah, so, sorry,
1: a Romanian, a Romanian horror. It's called yeah, Hora. That kind of
0: gypsy, kind of vibe.
1: It's got that kind of thing going on. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. That's awesome. It's yeah. so
0: nice. Like, and we were talking about it before. You know, reimagining music. Um, I love it. I love hearing when people take a song that's, like, totally distinct genre and then change it completely and just mess it up. And that's the fun part about music, you know. Like, you can do pretty much anything. Yeah. There are conventions. Yeah. But, you know, anything kind of goes, as long as it sounds... That sounds reasonable. That's it, right? And so you're adding some um, some jazz too as well, like you said, Ella yeah. Fitzgerald. I love that yeah. old-time stuff. That's so cool.
1: It's so much fun. Yeah. And and we're finding that we're just um, finding harmonies to it. Yeah. So it's, you know, two- and three-part vocal harmonies, improvisation, um, double bass. It goes off.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So yeah. the High some, Me North, you do a little bit of solo stuff and performing is obviously... Starting to come back in it a is. little way, and yeah. this podcast we don't know exactly what the date's going to be, but I assume you've got some gigs coming up from from all sorts of things. Tell us you some do. of the places that you're playing.
1: Yeah, um, we're playing at Five Church Street, yep. Um fairly soon. Um, we're playing at Tish Farco yeah, in Bellingen. You know that'll be fun.
0: Sunday. yeah. Have you yeah. guys done that
1: gig before? Um, no, it's, no.
0: I've only done it once, but it's so much fun. Like it's only a small, um, small room, obviously. But seriously, just good vibes there. On, you're doing the Sunday session there, I assume. Yes. yes such good vibes, good
1: food yep. too. Good, good food. Session. Good yep. on you, Tish Farker. That's it. Good margaritas, <laughs> frozen Absolutely, margaritas. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> margaritas. Yeah. And, um,
0: and stuff. So you don't, and you don't have mm. a, new, uh, a name for this new band. You said it was going to.
1: We're be working. We're working on one. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I should say. Yeah. Maybe. Um, maybe keep it. Maybe keep, keep it. Uh, no, I'll, I'll just let the cat out of the bag. Okay. okay. It's it's probably going to be um, Blue Moon Blue, Blue Moon Trio. I like it. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of moody, moody and, and um, we like it.
0: And you guys have got some, you've already done some gigs, you've got something yeah. in the pipeline as well?
1: Yeah, we've got quite a few. As As of March, they're just rolling in. That's I mean, great. as of May, I should say, they're yeah. just rolling in. They'll yeah. be sort of most weekends really. That's awesome. Um, Dorigo Golf Club is yeah. putting on music. Um, Sawtell, 63rd on First Avenue. Yes,
0: yeah, yeah, great spot. Yeah. And I guess like looking forward Are you guys? I mean, I know with like Highlands and Mid North, there's usually some big gigs throughout the year. Like, I'm, you know, I think Mullum Festival before and sort of been north and and done a whole bunch of stuff. What's that shaping up to look like for the end of the year? Is it still a bit of an unknown? It's an unknown.
1: Yeah, we've been keeping pretty close to home and we intend to keep pretty close to home for, you know, this year, really. Yeah, last year, um, the Mid-North and High Lonesome were doing quite a few trips down to Sydney, yep. stopping off along the way and playing some gigs. I mean, it was becoming a really fun sort of a thing to do. Yeah. Um, but then COVID came and just shut that right down, For really. Sure. So we'll just see how things go, and um, we'll probably start doing that again soon. It's
0: really hard to to make long-term plans at this point. Um, mm. You know, last year was just that I mean, just to think about, what is it? No, it's end of March now, so it was pretty much a year ago, right? that the whole lockdown um, yeah. happened and having like all those plans for at least that first three months just completely wiped. How did how did you guys sort of like just take it as it came or was it like did did you go through this? Like I remember for me <laughs> I went through this like existential crisis, like who am I? Yeah, yeah. What's happening? How did you guys roll with that?
1: Yeah. Um, well, I actually quite enjoyed it Yeah. because we were doing a lot of gigs and working on the same sort of material really Um just because it was gig after gig. Yeah. And it was a nice it was a nice break to spend the weekends with the family, yeah, you know, sure. just connect with the kids and do other stuff, um, work on new material and work yeah. on stuff that, you know, I've been interested in for a while, like different kinds of music and having that time and space to be able to develop that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And, um, yeah, obviously only having a few gigs. There's always the silver lining. Did you have that initial kind of frustration, though, of like, Oh, I really want to do that <laughs> gig or this gig or whatever. Or was it just
1: like ah, sweet? It was, it was good. There were moments of feeling like a you know a tiger in a cage, just kind of pacing, yeah. like get me out there, come yeah, on, for you know, sure. I'm playing in the lounge room too much. You <laughs> know, it's, music is meant to be shared.
0: Yeah, the kids are they're over all the songs that I've been playing for them. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Oh man, that's yeah. I, it's ju- it was just such a tricky year for that, and so I'm always interested to see. You know the way the, the different ways that like musicians coped with it. Um, uh, you know I've spoken to heaps of musicians, and some some felt that same way. Like if they're performing all the time and that's all they do, and then that was just taken from it, it was like this whole existential, yeah, thing of like questioning what do I do and who, what do I, what does it mean to be a musician now? Yeah, um, and then other people were like, initially, yeah, that was that frustration, but also like silver linings. Like in Bellingen, you got pretty much it was the best place to ride out the, yeah. the pandemic i reckon it was
1: fantastic um i was one of those you know cliche Covid people whose gardens just got like really yes. awesome, yeah. and now that you know everyone's sort of back to work, they're How quite overgrown. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, ours is the same. It's, it's like you know, um, every year we'll like dig it up and plan all this stuff with the best intentions, and we, yep. and I took so much care with ours last year. We grew zucchinis and tomatoes and cucumbers <laughs> and all this stuff, and now it's empty, just with weeds like growing.
1: Up in it. <laughs> That's it. I it- think I was definitely part of that spike, which was um, you know the rise in alcohol consumption. Assumption and <laughs> yes. late night furniture, internet shopping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
0: like, what else do you do? <laughs> Marketplace, Facebook Marketplace is very addictive, isn't it?
1: I Absolutely. There,
0: especially as a musician, I don't know about you, but I go in there as soon as I see some music. I'm like, I'm just stuck there for at least ten minutes, just scrolling. I never buy anything. I yep. just look the whole time. <laughs> anyway, it is what it is. Did you do anything during COVID? I like, so I did some. Um, well, I, I wouldn't. I shouldn't say some. I did one thing that I'd never done before and that was go out to sea fishing with my Ooh. mate and um caught a big spanish mackerel were, th- were there anything amazing was there anything it was pretty cool <laughs> it took me 15 <laughs> minutes to reel this big fish in and i was like that's enough for me for a year we'll, we'll do it again next year i'm yep. not a fisherman but was there anything in um in the covid lockdown that you were like i want to do or i want to try or i want to work on other than songs other, other
1: than things, music yeah. stuff um if not
0: it's okay music's great
1: <laughs> yeah i'm trying to think um I don't know, just the just the gardening stuff. Yeah. Uh, we had a, a lot of you know little um, people that were in our immediate bubble. Yeah. A lot of sort of a lot of fun, a lot of parties, and yeah, it was good times. So,
0: so, like for a musician, and obviously you know during the course of your life, you've you've played a lot on weekends, and even before you're referring to that, having more time at home on the weekends. Um, it's often hard for people to understand what it's like living as a performing musician or living with a performing musician. Yeah. Because, like, while everyone's doing their sort of roughly nine to five, whatever thing, Monday, yeah. Thursday, or Friday, whatever it is, musicians are out Friday, Saturday, Sunday a lot of the yes. time. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I, I definitely really appreciate having some time off and actually being able to reconnect with friends. But, like,
1: yeah.
0: how do you kind of, ju- kind of juggle that, like, having a family and, mm. and just and being able to perform most of the time how do you yep. kind of meet those balance and balance yeah. everything out
1: it's it's sort of um it's grown and it's changed yep. over time and as the children have grown so i've got two little girls yep. one's 5 and one's 8 nice. And they're hilarious. They're they're feral. They're totally wild, you know, but they're really, really funny. <laughs> they don't
0: listen to this podcast.
1: <laughs> oh, they'd be proud. They, they would
0: know. Yeah, they'd be like,
1: yep, we are. Yeah. So when I first started getting out there, um, getting back out there, I'd um, have, you know, somebody bring my baby and I'd yeah. feed them, feed the baby during oh, wow. my breaks. Um, and then I started um, – I, I really booked gigs that were family friendly sure. so they could come too. Yeah. So the brewery in Bellingen was super supportive of that. Yeah, cool. Um so they'd allow me to just they'd say, Hey, you can play, what time suits you? What's good, yeah. you know, with the baby? And I go, Well, actually, four you know, four till seven's great yeah. or three till six yeah. in in winter and they'd say, No worries. That's great. So, you know, props to the brewery. They've Boy. been incredibly supportive of me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's my awesome.
0: I mean, you don't, that's not something that I have encountered too much mm-hmm. in, you know, playing up and down the East Coast. I haven't encountered venues that are super looking at going, how does, how can this work for you and us at the same time? And so yeah. 100% props to the brewery for, Absolutely. for being as supportive as they were in that time.
1: And Bridget from the um, Dorigo Bluegrass Festival, yeah. she was also very supportive as well. Yeah, you know, cool. she would say, Yeah, come and play and um, she'd just say what time suits you yeah, with the yeah. baby when Isn't that what, great? it's just fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So late
0: superstar treatment. It was so, so good.
1: <laughs> so late nights just wouldn't work yeah, because you know, you pass a, a baby to away, take it away from its mother at seven o'clock, and they just scream. You know, yeah. it's no fun for anyone. No, but not at all. you know, if you if you're wrapped up by you know five or six yeah. o'clock, it's and all you can good. You
0: could be home watching a movie, chilling out. It's That's not too it. bad. That's definitely <laughs> one thing that um for me, and I, I'm gonna I think I'm gonna struggle. I'm trying to like do something similar, like just readjust some of my gigging plans. But one thing that I didn't miss at all were the. Uh, after 11, 11.30 <laughs> finishes, and, yep. and the worst ones were, like, say, weddings that were going to 12 or 12.30. Yeah. And you're driving from Port or Crescent or Byron yep. or whatever. Um, I. I feel like I got older in COVID. I went yep. from like doing all these late nights and not having much sleep to like going to bed at 9.30 yeah. and waking up like at 5.30. <laughs> and I felt like that's what old people do, not what musicians do.
1: I know. I think this is a serious issue that needs to be addressed. Like how is everyone going to be able to stay up for these, you know, 11.30 yeah. gigs?
0: I think we should rain it right back in. I mean, the sun <laughs> goes down at what, Five in winter, seven in summer. We need to like, you know, there should be an an allowable time for gigs after the sun goes down. So if that's five hours, it's like, you know, maybe finishing at ten. I can handle that. <laughs> those late nights. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um. Even the other night, I went out, and this wasn't even a gig. Just went out and um, uh, went to a friend's birthday. <laughs> Stayed up till two in the morning, and. I'm still paying for it over <laughs> a week and a half later just yep. because of the tiredness, like more than anything, I reckon.
1: Absolutely. And so, yep.
0: you know, musicians have those lifestyle times where you're kind of just going, you're out late. I guess, like, you would have yeah. had that with the Mid North too, right? Like, you would yeah, some really late, and especially traveling yeah. and all that kind of stuff.
1: Definitely. How
0: did your body cope? Like, you just sort of just roll with the punches?
1: Just roll with the punches. Yeah. And, and that's where not playing solo just is fabulous. Right. Doing it on your own, it's not much fun doing that. You know those late
0: nights those yeah, late nights, sure.
1: but when you've got the support of your band and yeah. you're hyped up from the gig, and the hardest thing is when you get home and just winding down really Yeah,
0: for sure, you
1: might be home by twelve, but you're not you're not asleep till two no that's exactly right,
0: no you're hundred percent right, like particularly with the late nights, the solos are great in in the early afternoons, probably your experience at the brewery, and that yeah, um, shows that it's really nice that kind of time is is really great for that, but if you don't have allies after ten and you're playing like to a a room full of, like, people that are drinking and it's just you. You feel like you're a little bit isolated, but definitely having people there helps, I reckon, especially for the drive home. Yes. Um, so that's, yeah, It's one of those things that you just, I don't know, it's – you do have to kind of roll with the punches, but yeah. having other people there is always helping.
1: Absolutely, you know? then it just doesn't feel like hard work.
0: Yeah, you know? that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you might be tired, but you're kind of enjoying yourself. So it, that's the trade off, which is which is much better. Yeah. Um. So for you, obviously, you've got mm. this new trio that's happening. Um, yeah. Not planning too far in in advance. You know, just sort of keeping it all local. Yeah. What do the next sort of six months look like? You look like. Or you musically, yeah. Um, more stuff with uh, High Lonesome, Mid North, all that kind of stuff.
1: All of the above, really. Yeah. I can see this um, Blue Moon Trio just doing a lot of gigs, yeah, cool. local gigs. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think the Mid North and High Lonesome are going to get back out there because the brewery is opening up again. Sure, um, yeah. As of, I think, I think we're allowed to dance. Was it this Monday? I think, I think it was so. I think you're
0: right. Yeah, yeah. Woo-hoo. I just I don't want to yeah. speak too early because I remember <laughs> in Christmas we had um the first day, happened to be a Sunday, I think. And and I remember playing and having the first dance floor we'd had in nine months, and then it was only a week later, and the whole like Northern Beaches thing happened and that just kinda went so I'm kind of like just reserving my excitement yep. <laughs> for a few weeks into it and go, okay. <laughs> We can really do it now, guys. We yep. can we can dance. <laughs> That's going to be exciting. I, I'm actually interested to see. Um, I I don't. I am playing this weekend. Interested to see what happens. Given that this weekend, the Easter long weekend, mm. the first weekend of school holidays, um, is going to be more or less the first weekend that people can dance. Yeah. Do you reckon it'll be like? Uh, I'm just curious. I always thought <laughs> that when we came out of lockdown properly it would be like a national party where yeah. everyone just goes out on the weekend. Do you reckon it's going to be like that, or do you do you feel like it might be a little bit restrained for a little while?
1: I think people are humming to get out there yeah. and have a bit of fun. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's what I feel. And that's been what I've observed so far from going out and playing. Yeah. Um, everything's been sold out. Everything's been um, – yeah. people are really happy to pay money, buy tickets. Yeah. And, yeah, everything's selling out. People are appreciating it. It's possibly because they were without it for so long. They just went, hey, what what are we really missing?
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Live music, you know, it's such an outlet for people. People work 40 hours a week, you know, in their jobs. And, you know, the arts are important.
0: Yeah. uh, It's something that, like, I think you can probably take for granted, especially in a place like Ballingin, because um, pre-COVID, I think – Think there was at least six, if not seven nights a week, you could see music in Bellinger. Yeah. I know um, I, Stephen yep. from uh, Number Five, who also has the Purple Carrot. He was doing, I think, gigs on Mondays and a t- Tuesday nights there, yeah. uh, and then Wednesday you'd have stuff at the Federal, or the Brewery, and, yeah. and same with the Thursday. Then Friday, yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you got all stuff um, over the weekend. Yep, it's something that like you can take for granted here because it's just always there. And then take that away, and I think yeah. you're exactly right. People are like. What's happening? Like, I can't yeah. go out. I can't have a meal and some drinks with my friends and have a little dance. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm really. I'm hoping that the whole last twelve months has really shown people like what What do we want in our society? Do you want you know people that are just under control and and doing the right thing, or do we want to mm. be able to ex- support the arts and support artists? And that's been a huge thing as well. Like, yeah, um, even with this show, which was a, a radio show last year, people just getting behind playlists and trying to to really prop up artists because yeah I think that arts were like the first industry to go and yeah. probably the last to get really f- back into full swing.
1: Yeah, the 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 government we have isn't overly supportive
0: of the no, arts.
1: No. Um, but the thing is like life's short yeah. man. people want to have fun, yeah. you know? And that's what music is, it's a party. Yeah, yeah. You know?
0: What is it about like music? I always lo- love having this discussion. What is it about music that like for you? Yeah. That that keeps you ticking. That keeps you enjoying it. Like you know, yep. so many things in life can wear out. Yeah, you um, get what, over them. Yeah, you yeah. get over them, and 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 you can do that with certain music in some ways. But what is it about you that just keeps you coming back and keeps you enjoying it?
1: It just feeds the soul. Yeah, makes you want to move. Makes you want to laugh. Makes yeah. you want to cry. Makes you want to makes it okay to feel. You yeah. know, that's that's you know, musicians and artists. I think. A lot of us, we feel deeply all the time yeah. and we need an outlet. Yeah. Um, and people like being a part of that. Yeah, for sure. You know, especially when it's fun, you know. yeah. That's, that's true, yeah. <laughs> I don't think too many people up. are going, yeah. I want
0: to go out and see a, a person that's going to make me cry. But, As, yeah. but you're well, exactly right. sometimes I do. Yeah, well, I, I love that. There's, there's definitely been times in my life watching musicians where just tears are sort of rolling down and you're like, yeah. I can't explain this. Why is this happening to me? Yeah. But it's such a beautiful thing. It's like you're really connecting with whatever yeah. they're saying and, and the mood that they're bringing. Yeah. Um. I I I really like that um that de- you know that description of why music keeps you coming back. It definitely makes you feel. Definitely makes you think. And I think sometimes too, music is kind of like the the language that I don't want to get too like mushy, but like the a heart <laughs> heart language. It's like. You can feel something in music, and it feels right, even if you can't um, articulate it with Absolutely. words.
1: Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Nothing wrong with getting mushy. You know, we're talking <laughs> music, like that's why true. not? That's true. Let's get deep. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's you can't you can't articulate it. Yeah. Um, however, some people can. You know, Very really, well. really yeah. great songwriters um, can articulate it, and 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 it's a beautiful thing to watch and to be a part of. Mm. And you know, all these live streamed concerts, you know, I tried a couple and I I just couldn't get into them, you know, but you go and see a live show and I'm transfixed, transported and, you know, I'm I'm taking the ride, you know. It's a time and place thing.
0: I I wholeheartedly agree with the live stream. Like I loved the idea because there was nothing else. Yeah. And it's a a bit of entertainment that's not just Netflix, it's not just something else. But um, in the same way, I did a couple from this very studio and – it just felt weird. It just felt like because I'm, I'm talking as if I would be talking in a gig. Yeah. Going, yeah, I hope you guys are enjoying the tunes. And I'm like, oh, it's weird, I don't Who's right? know who's on, who's on there. Like, yeah. If, if they're watching. like, It is so weird.
1: You're cracking a joke and, yeah. and there's no one to bounce it off, you know. Yeah, Was Did, that, did that joke work? Or, yeah, you did know? it hit? Did it hit the spot? <laughs> I don't think
0: so. Okay, so we just got to keep going. And that's kind of what it was like. It was like I'll, I'd be talking going – not even sure if anyone's listening. I hope you guys are enjoying the music and, but, and have all this music going in because I have my headphones on in here. And then I take my one of my headphones off and it's just me playing the electric guitar and couldn't hear anything else. It's yeah. just a weird experience.
1: That's surreal. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and definitely, like, comparing that to, say, the first time I played with the band and mm. we did an all-original gig um, a month or so ago. It was like chalk and cheese. Mm. It was like, even though I love music and I enjoyed playing and I got so much out of playing it, the interaction wasn't Mm. there, the connection wasn't there. And then playing for an audience, playing your original tunes, yeah, so different. And I think, you know, that's the thing. Like you can't take that away from people being in a time and place. It's not the same online.
1: Yeah. People like like seeing you right on the edge of it too. Mm. You know, um, when it's a recording, I've heard this said before, people like a recording to be perfect, you know, sound perfect, everything to be played in perfect meter and pitch. But when you're playing live, people want to see you push it so far that you nearly fall off that solo and that you nearly don't get that pitch in your vocal because you're going so hard. Um, I think people like to experience that. Why do you think that is? I think because it's real. They're feeling like they're part of the process, Yeah, you know. So seeing
0: some, yeah, I suppose that makes sense. Like, you know, that. The record is a a a perfect representation of the song, and it's fixed, and that's like just always going to be the way that it is. But when you're in that moment, um, you're creating something that's you new and unique, and people are experiencing at the same time and place. Yeah. Yeah. We went real deep then, didn't we? I love we it. We did, yeah,
1: absolutely. A <laughs> bit
0: too mushy, but it's all good. Um, so we've just recently had all these floods in in Bellingham. You yeah. mentioned uh, where you were. I won't say where where you're living, That's but all right, how, did I you, it. how did you? How uh, did you? Just just making sure. You know, I don't want any fans knocking on your door. Going, you know, um, how did you hack out the floods?
1: Um, I love it.
0: All, all right, on, the, on a hill.
1: I love it. Yeah. Um, you know, the last few houses we've lived at. Um, They've been pretty flood prone, and oh, yeah. we can get we can get cut off. Before yeah. this, we were living up the Thora Valley. Oh, how far? Um, fourteen uh, k's up. Oh, shivers. <laughs> yeah, which was which was pretty cool because we get cut in, and there yeah. were multiple houses on the property. Yeah, yeah. So we just have like a little party, basically. Yeah, that's cool. But we'd always lose electricity, which meant we would lose the water pump. So that that was always interesting. So you know, start up the Jenny and. You know, so light you know, up the gas barbie, hope, hope and you've got
0: all the all the petrol, all the, all the, the fuel bits. that you need. Yeah yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And this this flood was pretty good. I mean, we only. I mean, my kids have been. You know, there's been landslides. They haven't been able to go to school yeah. for the last week and a half or yeah. so. So they've just been at town. They've, the school's been using the local halls to make oh, do. Cool. Yeah. yeah,
0: I suppose. Yeah, I suppose. Like with Christmas and and Arama. Um, yeah. No one can get out there. Not <laughs> no even one. the teachers, right? Yeah. Babies, unless they live out there.
1: There is a way you can get there, um, but oh, yeah, it's a here, bit, yeah, it's a bit tricky. Yeah. So, you know, I asked the kids, I said, I said, what's it like? You know, is it okay? And they go, oh, mum, it's awesome. I want town school every day. We don't do any work. So <laughs> they're pretty stoked.
0: Isn't that interesting? It's like, you know, from fires um, at the start of 2020 in Wellington yeah. and then the flu and floods, mm. it's just like a triple F threat. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the thing, like, for the kids too, like, it's, it's been crazy because they had that initial whatever it was, six weeks off school last year and now with the floods and the, and the landslips and everything. Yeah. You know, your kids are, like, just having a, <laughs> a ride old party just hanging out.
1: That's it. I'm that's sure good. they're
0: doing some cool things though.
1: Yeah, um, a whole lot of playing, I think. Yeah, yeah. But I think they've just they've realised this week that this is this is going to be happening for a while because it's yeah. such a big landslide that they're going to have to start doing some. Have you work. seen it? The landslide. I've seen drone footage yeah. of it, and it's a lot bigger than it looks like it's, from the ground.
0: Nice, because we we um went we were on Somerville's Road a week or so ago, pretty much only a day or two after it happened, and so you're across the river and looking mm. down. I, w- I just couldn't believe, like, how big it was. Like, it was so visible from so far away. Yeah. And obviously, it's just going to take ages for them. But pretty hectic li- living in Bello, you know, like, floods and yeah. crazy things happening all the time.
1: It's a great place to be when – well, it was a great place to be when the fires were on. Yeah. It's like this safe little green valley. Yeah. Um, you know, my mum's my up the back of Dorigo on, a like, a big thousand-acre conservation property, and yeah. she got burned. Yeah, right. Um, and I, I went up there and it was just a different world. You yeah. know, you might be an hour up the road, but it's thick from smoke. There's yeah. SES vehicles and flashing lights everywhere. Um, and then you come down the mountain and people are sipping lattes at the yeah. cafe. And it was like, it's
0: whoa, this yeah. is just yeah.
1: a world away and it's just up the hill.
0: Well it is pretty crazy. I think this area has just an unusual amount of rainfall all the time. So even mm. and you would know this, you know, from being out at the back of Dogra, and there's sort of a point where you lose that greenness mm. and it goes from green to brown. Yeah. But just on the on the hill there, on the mountain and then down into the valley, it just it's
1: always green here.
0: It's crazy. Yeah.
1: We're very we're very lucky.
0: Have you, um obviously you've been up that way since the fires. We only I mm. uh, haven't really been where the fires were, except for a couple of weeks ago when I was um, coming back from Armadale, mm. um, And because of the landslip, we had to go toward Grafton. Yep. So we went to sort of the Dundarabin area. And- That's where
1: I'm from. Oh, cool. Yeah. So
0: I, I, I don't know if you've been up there. Um, I'm sure you've been up there since. But how cool is the regrowth on the trees? There's this really uh, yeah. crazy, like...
1: Yeah, um, it's like, what's it called, epi... Tropic growth or something is that like what that. It is? Something I think Google it's called it. something like that. <laughs> I might, it sounds legit, right? Yeah. I might have just made that what up. What did you say? Epi. <laughs> Epitropic, maybe. Yeah, Epi outside cool. <laughs> tropic means grow. I could be wrong, you know. Yeah. Um, but that's when a tree's been in trauma, yeah. And that's just its absolute survival wow. mechanism to continue. So um, the problem with that is if it's gone through any sort of rainforest, those species don't grow back. Like they're wiped out, but the big gums will continue. So what people are doing up there at the moment, um, you know, Dengara Landcare has got a lot to do with it. Um, They're just trying to replant some. some of the native stuff, yeah. uh, The the native rainforest specifically just to bring back some biodiversity so it's not just all a whole lot of gum trees again. Um, so that's that's what's happening up there,
0: yeah, I mean, just going through there, it was like um crazy just r- realizing just how thick the the th- forests are up there, yeah, um and you could just see a, like a lot of still a lot of where that where that were burnt, and it was like, man, there was nowhere for it to go. it just it was all dry. it would have been all dry, you know because yeah. at that point we had very little rain from. Probably years before that. Yeah. And it was just like ready to ready to burn.
1: It was a big dry spell and there were forests burning, rainforests burning that don't normally burn and that's the thing with rainforests: is that the the fires usually stop at the edge because it's so much damper um so that's why there are a lot of people out there trying to stop them from going into the rainforest because if it did it was so dry that they were it was creeping in there and that would change that forever right so by planting more rainforest it slows the fire for the future as well.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, you know that. Know, I've just noticed we had a fire last night, and everything, all the woods, so wet, and it took yep. me so long to get it going. And I imagine it's the same sort of thing.
1: Same thing. Um, yeah, yeah.
0: And, and yeah, that's a crazy thing. Like, we don't want to get too political. Um, <laughs> government don't support music or um, saving rainforest. And we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, we should, ha- we should
1: start a revolution.
0: Oh, uh, it's we should. Are we? enough
1: people going to listen to this to you know? Get up uh, I think we're up to about <laughs>
0: 30, 30 listeners so far. Excellent. That's all right. We're only in we're only week two. We'll, we'll get there. Awesome. We, we, need, we need pretty hectic exponential growth, but we, I reckon we can do it. Maybe this time next year. I'll uh, I'll be one of those like shock jocks, yeah, 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 <laughs> podcasters, <host. laughs> the Joe Rogan of Bellingen.
1: Anyway,
0: <laughs> um, yeah. So rainforests are beautiful up there. What I was going to say as well, uh, until you talked about echo epitropic something or other, you got it, which is nice epitropic, um, was epitropic. Well, was I was just fascinated, particularly with like the big gums, because rather than like going up and out in the leaves, there's just these like little leafy growths coming off them. And it really reminds me of, um, I don't know which Asian country, and there might be multiple, but they do those little um, wood carvings of those trees that I can't remember for the life of me on mm. – um, In glass cases, and that's exactly what it reminded me of. And I'll maybe I'll I'll try and Google it afterwards and show you a picture because (laughs) I totally just butchered whatever I'm just saying. But it was just so fascinating to look at because it was so different to what I've seen before with the regrowth. So
1: it's quite um, alien, isn't it? Oh, it's really alien landscape.
0: And I'd never been that way, too. It's so beautiful, and then. um, and then, because all the all all the heavy rain was really on the coast, it was like it was mm. dry, and a little yeah. bit of rain sort of coming through there. And as soon as you hit Grafton, it was yeah. bucketing down. It was, yeah, it was a manic little couple of weeks of just incredible rain.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So yeah, I mean, it's good that you hacked it out. It's good that you're on a hill now and you're not flood prone.
1: That's it, right?
0: Was your Dunbaraban property flood prone up that way, or not so much?
1: There's a ford, which is a body of water yeah. that you drive over, yeah, so. Okay. Yeah, you can so you you get, can get off, stuck. But,
0: yeah, but it yeah. doesn't affect the house too much. Oh, no, good.
1: but it's it's good. Like, I, I personally love being cut off. It's great. <laughs> you know, no one goes to work, no one goes to school.
0: It's a good excuse to not do that's the it. whole heave, hey?
1: That's it. can always, you know, scratch up a feed out of the garden in yeah. the cupboard. So, you know, got a whole room of guitars and amplifiers. Oh. It's it's good times. You probably want it to
0: flood <laughs> more often. I love it,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, well... Um, I mean, we were talking before a little bit about what you were planning with, with music and whatever. Yeah. But um, moving forward, wh- what are you guys looking to do in terms of travel? Like over mm. the next 12 months, you said you were keeping it local.
1: Fairly local. Yeah.
0: What what does that look like? Sort of yeah. the Coffs Harbour area, not yeah. too much beyond that?
1: Well, where it's at music-wise in this region is Bellingen and Sortel. Yeah. That's where the happening places are um, for the sort of stuff that I like to play. Um, Bellingen goes off. Sawtell is brilliant. Um, The best jazz players around are at a place called um, the Spare Spare Room. room. And um, they let us hillbillies play there. (laughs) We had a regular bluegrass thing there, which was cool. It was a contrast to what they do, which is brilliant. Um, So, yeah, there's a couple of venues in Sawtell and Bellow and... They're good places. I mean, you can you can work every weekend between those two yeah, if you've got a couple right. of different bands. Yep. Yep. Tell us a
0: little bit, like about um, because of the style of music. Yeah, how have you guys found going about sort of chasing gigs? Because mm. there, there would be a lot of venues that you know, even even for the stuff that I do, which is a bit more funk sort of soul. Yeah, even that is not always accepted at sort of pubs and clubs. And I imagine yep. the bluegrass thing, there'd be yep. few and far between places that go yeah we really that's right up our alley like how do you guys go about doing that
1: yeah it's interesting actually I mean you know side note I love funk and soul absolutely love it
0: well you grew up with it
1: Uh, yeah yeah that's it and uh, I also I'm I'm you know changing topic here a little bit just That's because right. we're, we're talking about funk and soul but yeah. you know i'll be working on a bluegrass tune or yeah. something like that so hardcore and i'll just need to cleanse my palate yeah. and put on something really funky or really soulful yeah, and just the opposite thing you know because you get so into stuff um but going back to your question um the high lonesome thing was so different yeah um, because we're not, you know, Australia not traditionally a bluegrass. It's not where bluegrass no, came from. No. You know, it's from the Appalachian Mountains yeah. in the States. So it's ingrained over there. But over here, um, it's different and unusual um, enough for most people to go, hey, what's that? That's yeah, cool. cool. Yeah. So um, we could generally do do pretty well in most, most places. But um, yeah, I don't know. You, just, it is you pick tricky. your gigs yeah, too. Yeah. Yep. Um, people, people receive it well around here.
0: Yeah. Oh, 100%. I mean, I've seen you guys play as the Mid-North and High Lonesome, and it's always awesome. Um, and that's the thing. Like, it is tricky. And I suppose the benefit of having Sawtell and Bellington and mm-hmm. being right here you don't really need to probably go too many other places anyway if you don't want to.
1: It's convenient when you got small kids. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I don't like being away from my family. For sure. Yeah, I don't like going away on my own without my family. Yeah. If it's with the band, I can. I'm happy to do it for say two nights. Yeah. Then I miss him. Yeah, you know? yeah, for sure. You know, and what's the point if it's if you? Yeah. Yeah,
0: well, you got to have that that perfect balance and you know the, it ebbs and flows sometimes you're really busy sometimes you're not all that sort of stuff but yeah. definitely you want to have that balance where you can you can go and work and do something that like you you sort of put it in that way before so filling up your soul yeah. performing all that kind of stuff but then you know if you're away from something else that fills up your soul like your kids and your family yeah. you know, you've got to have that balance in check you know yeah that's awesome yeah um balance getting, is good yeah absolutely we're getting almost to the end of um of the podcast Okay. I always try and um, just. We've sort of talked about what's on the horizon um, for you. You know, you're, you're doing some gigs with uh, the Blue Moon Trio, um, and and from sort of May onwards, gigs are starting to fill up quickly. Are there any other plans? And we and we also talked about the the album that you've been helping with. Are there any plans for yeah. you guys to do some original music? Are you writing anything, yeah. recording anything at the moment?
1: There's always stuff cooking. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, I've got some guitar that I need to put down. Um, shortly on this um, project with the Mid-North and Scott. Yeah. Um, there's like an electric sort of album. Scott will talk about it when yeah, he comes in. Yeah, sure. um, So there's two different... Yeah, it's cool. two different things. So it, w- it probably won't be under the name of the Mid-North. Right. Um, and with Laura and Arlene and yeah. Blue Moon Trio, um, you know, we're starting some writing
0: yeah, together cool. as well. Yeah, nice. Um,
1: so there's always stuff cooking.
0: Yeah, Yeah. With writing original tunes, like... You know, and obviously I was asking about that before with High Lonesome, not realising that you are doing those those um, redone covers. Yeah. What's the process r- with writing
1: mm.
0: original music when you're collaborating? Like, mm. do you find that there, and I, look, I know mm. Scott. I don't know um, Laura and Arlene, mm. but I know Scott. There's no ego there. I know John. There's no ego no. there. Sometimes no. you can run into that. But how, yeah. how does that work for you guys? What's the
1: dynamic like? Yeah. Well, when I'm working with Scott, He's he takes the lead with yeah. the with the songwriting. Yeah. Um I had guitar bits sure, and sure. lines and stuff like yeah. that. Um in Harmonies our, and stuff as well. Harmonies, yeah. yeah you know, vibe, you know, it might be, he might come, come to me and go, what about this? You know, and be like, yeah, that's cool. Let's, well, let's try it with a shuffle. Yeah, you know, cool. So we really so do. So there's like a
0: production dynamic between the two of you where ideas are coming in and they're getting refined as they get sort of bounced around. That's it. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Cool. yeah. yeah.
1: And, um, you know, and, and as far as just, you know, writing from scratch goes, you know, it's usually starting with a melody or something yeah. in your mind. and
0: That's interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah, I always try different things, but I'm always interested to know where songs start. So for most of the time when I'm in here, I just it's too easy for me to just get a beat happening. Yeah. But I try to mix that up from, from time to time. Do you have like a go-to or do you do the same thing and just go, here's a feel that I like, a rhythm that I like, or a progression I like. Are there any rules for you?
1: No rules. Yep. No rules. And quite often it might be just, you know, playing around on my guitar, yeah. and then just going, that sounds cool. Yeah, yeah. Let's just develop that." So, just a motivic development. Yeah. Um. Yeah.
0: It's so interesting because you know you have the best musicians and so so much talent out there writing um, amazing tunes all the time. Um, and and I, when I say best musicians, I mean people that are really successful who do exactly that. There's there's this idea of Oh, they can just create a hit. And really, a lot of the time, what they're doing is they're mucking around and they're looking for ways of rethinking an idea, whether that's a a chord progression or a melody, and Mm. just adding little variances on it. And I think that's that's the beautiful thing about music because, you know, you could be really well established or not established at all, Mm. and you're still having that same experience. You're writing and you're creating something that's sort of new and unique. Yeah. Um and I assume it's the same for you guys. It's like mm. you're listening and you're going, What you just said, that sounds interesting. And yeah. you explore that idea for a little bit.
1: That's right. And lyrically, um, I need something to be gritty. Yeah. You know, explain that, like just yeah. flush it out a so bit. So I think it might have been I don't know if it was Nick Cave who said this. Um, but okay, the, you've got a you got a clown, nice happy clown. Yeah. Let's bring it into a room. Okay, that's cool. Now let's shoot that clown. <laughs>
0: Sounds like something Nick Cave would say.
1: (laughs) I can't remember if it was Nick Cave, but someone. And, you know, I kind of (laughs) relate, relate to that a bit, you know. Happy cheesy love songs like yep. that 's all well and good, but I need there to be some grit. Yeah, I need to feel true. something, yep. I need it to be moody yeah um, and that's that's that 's what I like yeah that 's the
0: blue soul coming out that 's
1: yeah. that 's it right and and I love country music yep. as well, um, and I quite like a, a major sound, which is like a happy kind yep. of a sound in the melody and the chords, um, and then countering it with a really moody yeah. vocal and a really you know sort of a, a sad a sad story. Um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah,
0: I find um I find that really interesting because like for me it's that's always been an afterthought and and as like I I try and do more writing and all that sort of stuff that's the the kind of thing that is coming into to my mind before I'm or, or during the process rather than afterthought. Like yeah. I usually am just like get an idea down and whatever, and the idea comes out because of the idea. But definitely starting to pay attention to those things, like mm. what is mm-hmm. the vocal saying? Not ne- not even lyrically, but the tone and the melody mm. and that kind of stuff. And I, I think that the more you get into songwriting, that's mm. the fascinating thing about it because you, you're telling a story with so many different parts coming together and trying yeah. to get them all to sync up and tell the same story. Yeah. I really enjoy the process. I'm sure you do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um. And so yeah it's it's always good. I love gleaning off musicians who are coming in and telling me what their songwriting process is because then I'm just going, yep, that's going in the tool belt yep. that's going in the tool belt yeah, that's awesome. look, it was so great to have you in um thanks for for coming in and and um, being part of the show um, just quickly, where can people find you on like social media and all that kind of stuff?
1: yeah, whether um, it's just
0: mid north or whatever like what yep. what you're
1: there's mid North and high Loans and Facebook yep. pages um. There's a website, the Mid-North, but usually people just go to the Facebook pages. yeah, okay, that's the best way. And as of next week, because we're doing a photo shoot tomorrow and starting all our promo stuff, there'll be Blue Moon Trio stuff out there. Yeah, cool. So as far as, you know, gig lists go, um, that's where you find all that stuff. Yeah, cool. And thank you so much for having me. No,
0: of course. I really enjoyed having a chat and uh, learning about your songwriting process and the things that you're doing. It's always nice having musicians in here. Yeah, look forward to doing it again sometime.
1: Yeah, all right. Thanks, Katie. Keep rocking on.
0: Cheers.